Hey guys, welcome back to the Fit Father Podcast. This is your host, Spencer Gallo. The David Mathis interview went a little bit longer than we were expecting, so we broke it up into two episodes. So please enjoy episode five, part two of David Mathis's interview. So understanding your health is so vital because it's not just about this goal, right? It's not just about dropping this 20 pounds or dropping this 5% body fat. It's about like, how are you going to sustain that long-term, Right. There's a reason why you don't see people that compete walking around like that all year round because it's not sustainable, right? And it's okay. Your, your, your worth, your self-esteem does not need to be tied to a, a scale number or a body fat percentage number or a physique, okay? That's not what your self-worth is determined on, but a lot of people do, right? And I think that that's where... That's where I definitely know I try, and I think a lot of more people need to try to talk about that on social media and yes, you know, educate about how to diet properly and and go through fat loss and how to reverse diet and do all that, but talk about more of like the psychology behind food and exercise and your body image, because people are inundated with just images, images, images all day long with no story behind it right? When there's no story and there's no explanation behind an image, your mind is going to wander and make up your own story. And most of the time, leading back to what we talked about earlier, you're not going to be objective. You are going to, you're going to make up whatever story fits the narrative you want to follow. And that's not always the right narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, in terms of like that, the dieting piece too, it's, I I almost, because I have that engineering mindset as well is that, you know, when you look at building a building, like if you're building a parking garage beneath a building, they don't just dig six stories underground and then go, Oh fuck, how do we get out of here? Like they have a plan to get back out of the hole. And I I was actually like in my head thinking about like the movie national treasure. And it's like, they go down this giant stairwell and like they dug this huge hole and there's a stairwell to get in and out. And then they get down there and they're like, Oh great. The elevator thing disappeared. How do we get out? And they were like, the first thing that they would have done when they got down here was figured out another way out. And they dug another tunnel to get out. And it's the same, I think kind of to bring it back to like fitness side is you can go as low as you can, but if you don't have, you know, if the, the way that you came down, isn't the same way you go out, there's another way out and you have to figure that out because if you just get down to the bottom, I mean, the amount of people, it's like, you know, I just saw some something the other day. Somebody was eating like 1,500 calories, but they said, oh, I'm eating 2,200. They showed their MyFitnessPal, and it was like, no, your goal is 2,200. You're eating 1,500. So right. don't cut more calories because the more you cut, you're going to eat less. And somebody came back, I mean, argued, and they were like, oh, so no, it's the goal's right there. And I'm like, yeah, but if if I want to win the Super Bowl and I don't even make the playoffs, did I hit my goal? And they were like, do you really just compare dieting to the Super Bowl? And I'm like, yes, because it's a valid point. If yep. you have a goal to eat X number of calories and you don't meet that goal, it's no different than trying to win a Super Bowl and you don't even make the playoffs. Like It's the same concept, functional. Well, and, and that's a really good point because I'll get people all the time with more so like newer clients, because uh, when they've been with me for a while, they kind of understand the spiel I'll give them as we go on. But like they won't, they'll be in a fat loss phase, let's say, right? And I give them a certain target number and they're like, and they don't hit it, they're lower. And I'll say, you know, something in the feedback video to them. And then they'll always respond, well, isn't it, isn't it better if I'm lower? 
And then I'll have to go into the whole metabolic adaptation and not dieting too quickly and things like that. So that's a, that's another point of education that, that we as coaches need to be better about explaining to people is like, yeah, forget about what you, you thought dieting was before the goal should always be to diet on as high a calories as possible while losing a certain range of weight loss per week, which if you're not severely overweight or obese, no, I say severely overweight. Cause obviously if people are wanting to lose some, some weight, some body fat, they're probably a little overweight, right? I'm talking like, if, if you're like 30%, if you're a man, if you're 30% body fat or higher, if you're a woman, if you're like 35, 37% or higher, you can lose a little bit more than a percentage uh, of body weight per week safely. Cause you have more reserves that you need to do. If you're someone that's like, okay, I'm sitting at your guy, I'm sitting at like 15% body fat. I want to get down to 10, right? You're already a lean individual. You might in your mind not think you're lean, but you're athletic. That is an athletic body fat percentage right there. You need to be between that half a percent and 1% total body weight loss per week goal, because that's going to allow you to retain as much lean body tissue and muscle mass as possible while stripping down weight and body fat. Okay. So getting people to understand what an actual effective uh, rate of weight loss is, is very helpful because when you kind of explain it like that to them, then they're like, oh yeah, like I can see where I don't want to keep going down lower. Why would you want to put yourself in, in more of a deficit than you need to? If you're at 2,200 calories and you're in a deficit and you're losing at that 1% total body weight per week, and you're at like, you know, you're 175 pounds. So you're losing about 1.7 pounds a week. Don't, don't get greedy. <laughs> don't don't yeah. take the weight until you kind of fall out of that half a percent to 1% total body weight loss per week, and then make the change. So many people get in a, a rush dieting and they also get in a rush reverse dieting because they think they have to make a change every week. Let the data make, you know, let the data guide your changes. Okay. But you have to understand what you're looking for in the data and you have to understand how the body is responding. Um, and that's where, you know, I'm not saying everybody out there needs to go get a master's degree by any means. Um, it was very beneficial for me. I love the process, gotten to be on four or five different research papers, um, made a lot of great contacts, but for me and what my profession is, it was useful and necessary. If you're someone out there that's trying to do this on your own, read evidence-based peer-reviewed studies, listen to people that I, I would almost say that have letters behind their name, but there's a lot of people out there. You don't want to listen to with the letters behind their names. But if you find someone who's saying something that just seems out, absolutely outrageous and ridiculous, trust your gut. It probably is because I'm going to yeah. sit here and tell you nutrition is not rocket scientists, not rocket science, fitness training. is not rocket science. Okay. Majority of people out there will benefit greatly from just consistency, adherence, and patience. patience. How many times have I told you that in feedback over the years? Yep. Right. That is my motto. And I don't, I don't develop flashy programs for anybody because most people have a hard time following those three principles. Yeah. And to be honest, if you are not an elite level athlete, you know, or a competitor or something like that, the basics are going to work great for you, but you don't want the basics. You're, you're bored with the basics. So you look to these flashy programs, these mesocycles and microcycles and drop sets and extended sets and all this stuff. You can't even follow a progressive overload program by just increasing sets and reps each week. Like, how are you going to do this advanced stuff? So understand where you're at. 
I'm not saying that you might not get to that point, but understand where you're at right now, hone in and master the basics because all that other stuff, all the fancy dieting protocols, all the fancy training protocols, they are built on the basics, right? So if you can't even get that down, you're never going to succeed at those things. So I think if more people would just slow down, not get too far ahead of themselves and, and really talk to somebody who can give them realistic expectations of what their goals are, it would solve so many people's frustration in this vicious circle that people find themselves in year after year, not losing the body fat, not building the muscle they want, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to, to bring that back is even to the basics of like, you have a wife, a kid and a business and you're still trying to maintain not being a fat ass. Right. So it's like how, like for you, like, how are you, you know, like we're talking right now because this was the time that worked around like your family obligations. So how are you balancing, you know, with those kind of basic concepts of just like, you know, consistency, adherence and all that, how are you taking that personally into, you know, balancing your family life as well as, you know, being, being your own, you know, being a coach, being a business owner, independent contractor for team violin, like how are you balancing all of those things without letting kind of one ball or, you know, if you call it like spinning plates in the air, like how are you keeping everything up in the air? You know, one advantage I have right now is that, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm injured, my, my training is kind of down big time. So there's like that huge chunk of my day. That's not where it used to be. Okay. But even with that, it really comes down to, and, and listen, I've been blessed and cursed to be a type A personality. Um, I like organization. I like planning things out. So for me, keeping a, a schedule, keeping a calendar, writing down, I do this like three tiered priority system. Okay. So tier one is like the non-negotiables work, family, obviously things like that. Those are factored into my schedule daily. Right. There's tier two things that like, okay, once that stuff's taken care of, this is kind of next on the priority list. And then there's a tier three where it's like, okay, if I get everything done, I can go have some fun. I want to do this. But I think understanding what your priorities are is a huge, crucial aspect to that. I'm a big believer in keeping a calendar and scheduling things out so that you know when you have some free time, when you, because if not, you're going to just get overwhelmed. You're going to get completely overwhelmed. And that's where most people fall off. So I schedule in um, work time, which you know this for me, I get up very early in the morning to do so. Like most of the time I'm getting up at like three or three 30 to start client check-ins. Now I do that for two reasons. Number one, I want you guys to get your, your new numbers back for the week and my feedback video to you when you get up so that you're not wasting half of the, your day one for the following week, waiting for your new numbers. So that's a choice that I made years ago as a coach to do that, to make sure that my clients were always taken care of. And first, I also do that because then I get a good chunk of work done before my daughter wakes up. So it's kind of a twofold effect there. Um, And then I have a a certain amount of time that I spend with her and my wife in the morning before the sitter comes and then my wife goes to work. And then I, because I've already done three or four hours of work in the morning, I go, you know, spend some time with my horse and ride or, you know, do whatever I need to do with her. And then I set that chunk out. And then I have a whole chunk in the afternoon open for calls, whether it be with current clients or new client consultations or podcasts and things like that. And then at five o'clock, I, I have boundaries. And I think that's kind of what it's coming to is I have, I've set boundaries at five o'clock. I'm, I'm done with work for the day. 
And that doesn't mean that I'm not devoted to my clients. I start work at three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock at night. I think I've, I think I've devoted enough time. Right. Yeah. But that five o'clock is a non-negotiable to me, unless there is a special occasion, like we have a team meeting or something I absolutely can't get out of. But then it's family time from five to seven until our daughter goes to bed. And then if I need to answer some more emails, I'll get on and answer some more emails. If it's not urgent, I'll save it till three o'clock in the morning when I get up. Right. Um, And then I have my time with my wife and stuff like that. So I think really understanding what are your priorities and being flexible to understand that your, your schedule might change from day to day. Like you might not be able to work out at this exact time on Monday every week. Right. So organizing yourself and seeing in your calendar when you can get it in and then actually being disciplined to do it. Then those are the key factors and stuff. And that's kind of how I, I, I approach my day. I mean, there's, there's times I can't really get out for walks like I want to, or, you know, I, I might not be able to get out to go see my horse as soon as I want, or I might not be able to do this or that. Um, but I might be able to do it later on in the day, right? Because maybe I don't have as heavy a call day in the afternoon as, as a day before. So I think more people, if they would adopt the, not just the flexibility in their nutrition, but the flexibility in their training and their schedule, would relieve so many headaches and pressure that they put on themselves. Cause I, you know, it, how many times do people like, I I'm going to work out at this time in the morning. And if they can't, they don't work out the rest of the day, even though they might have time in the evening. Right. Yeah, it's, and I'm it, not going to say, I'm not gonna say these people don't, don't want their goals. I'm sure they want it, but they don't make it a priority. It's obviously not as much of a priority, right. Or else you will f- find the time. And I get it. I work with, I work with moms with single moms with, kids. And I I get it. It's a busy schedule and it's not going to be perfect all the time. That's why I designed my training and stuff with clients to like, Hey, this is the, this is the training for the week. Get it in when you can. You don't have to do this on Monday and this on Tuesday and that you're a, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a business owner, you're a single mom. You've got all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Your body doesn't know any different. Get it in for the week. It's fine. It's up here. Once again, that gets in people's way. It's your mind. It's your, the way you talk to yourself. It's your lack of self-confidence that gets in the way. And that's what as coaches, we need to work on with people probably more so than the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I do the same where it's like, you know, when I start getting my guys into training, it's like, all right, we're going to work out three days a week. They're 30 minute workouts. So I might have them in your calendar Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But if you have the time Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, fucking cool, man, do it. Like, I don't care as long as between, you know, Sunday to Saturday, if I gave you three workouts, you hit three workouts. Like, I don't care when you do them. I would prefer you not do them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then do nothing for four days. But if that's what you have to do, like, that's fine. Like fit it where you can. Sometimes Saturdays and Sundays you're on the road or your, you know, kids have sports practice and all these things. Like you might be doing a million things in a weekend. So you have to do it during the week or, or vice versa, your weeks are too busy and you do it on the weekend, like fit that stuff in where you can. And you know, it's the, here we are episode four. I'm going to say it again is small steps make big impacts is just moving forward. You don't need to be perfect in everything you do. It's to your point of consistency, just stick with it, be adherent to it and you'll get there. And and I think there's a a big lack of reality um, in a lot of people's minds because you'll see like professional bodybuilders and you'll see these people that, do all this stuff. Um, that, that is their life. They don't have another job. They don't have most, most of the time. They're not married with kids. I mean, some are obviously they don't have your lifestyle. 
So you can't take your lifestyle and compare it to their lifestyle. All right. That is what they're getting paid for. I'll tell this to, I tell this to every competitor I work with, especially if they're new, this is not your profession. You are not going to make money. Most likely you are, you are not going to be in that upper two percentile that is going to be an IFBB pro who's going to be an Olympian, who's going to make a living off of working out. Use this as supposed to enhance your life. This is supposed to make things better. You're putting so much pressure on yourself. You're beating yourself up for not being perfect. Give me the definition of perfect, right? Who says that working out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like who says that's the perfect route? It might be perfect for one person. It might be hell to you. You know, it might completely throw off your, your life, your kid's life, your spouse's life. There is no perfect. There is no perfect training program. There's no perfect dieting protocol. Perfect doesn't exist. But if you want to find what's perfect, you're going to find what works within your lifestyle constraints and what you can sustain. So stop trying to compare what you're doing to somebody who gets paid literally just to wake up and eat and go to the gym and come back and eat and sleep and go to the gym. That's never going to be your lifestyle. All right. Yeah. So stop yeah, putting the pressure on yourself and start enjoying training, enjoying your body, enjoying putting on muscle or putting on body, take, taking off body fat, things like that. People just put so much damn pressure on themselves and it, it's because of unrealistic expectations. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no perfect program, but there's a perfect program for you. hundred percent. And I think that that that's, uh, I think that <clears throat> That I, in reality, I think that that might be the the best possible way to to cap off our conversation. I, I think it, it sums everything up pretty damn well, man. So awesome. So with that said, man, th- thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, definitely longer than I think we expected it to be, but a uh, really great conversation. There's definitely some really awesome information for guys in here uh, to take away. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your expertise and experience. Going on about an hour. I didn't think so. You can get me talking about this stuff all day long, but <laughs> no, man, I really appreciate you not just for having me on here, but you've been a great client, um, turned into a great friend. Um, I hope you get back to Tampa soon so we can go have another beer soon. I will, and I will be down there in two weeks. I'll hit you up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having me on with yeah. your audience. I appreciate it. So that's it. Before you, before you go, I will give you the floor for a minute or two. Uh, if you want to talk about you know, your coaching, or if you want to sell your book, feel free. Um, so feel free to, uh, you know, floor is yours to kind of promote your own stuff for a minute. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the book, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times. It's called the shell of myself. It's uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's in um, paperback and e ebook form. Um, really what, what that is, is it's, it's a story of my life. And the reason why I, I wanted to do it that way is because there's a very, very distinct image of my childhood and everything that I think, um, you know, a lot of people knowing my history and my, the middle part of my life might not have expected. Um, and it's also to show that, Hey, things can be really, really good in your life. And in split second, things can turn, but you can also recover from it. So it kind of goes through the whole gamut of my life. Um, you know, and it's something that I started on during, during COVID actually March of 2020. Um, I was like, I got all this time in my hand. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, let's do it. So I, I wrote it in terms of um, helping people across a wide variety of different problems. It's not, if you didn't have an eating disorder, you can still read this book and get something out of it. If you didn't suffer bad relationship issues or deaths 
close to you, things like that. You can still get stuff from it because it's an overall premise that I think people can follow for all aspects of their life. So I'm very proud of it. Um, so you can find that on Amazon. And then as far as my coaching, um, you can email me, David at biolane.com or just find me on social media. I put up daily posts, um, education content, and it's at coach David Mathis. Um, just very fortunate to, you know, use social media in a good way to help connect with people and educate people. And that's what I'll always do. So. Yeah, uh, I can attest. I have. I was trying to find it. It's on the other side of my bookshelf, so I can't grab it. But I do. I also have your book, and I know for a fact when I was reading it that I was, you know, every once in a while I would see, read something, and I would immediately like take out my phone and throw it up on like an Instagram story, just because it was uh -huh. like, man, like this fucking like this is this is the shit that people need to hear. So I, I uh, can't can't I recommend got, it more than I. I got so. Ron real Ron real in it uh, a little bit more so than I thought I was going to going to be, but. <laughs> You know, I, I figured that that was the best way to get through people. If I, I needed to be willing to open up about some things that listen, I'm not proud of, <laughs> things that are a little embarrassing, but we all have them in our life. And I think that it, it's going to help people, you know, hopefully if it just helps one person, I'll be, uh, I'll be thrilled I did it. So, yeah, man, I will, uh, I will add the link to that uh, as well as uh, a link to your Instagram in the show notes for everybody to be able to find the book and find you. So I appreciate uh, it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. So again, thank, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Uh, thank you to all the listeners for being here for another amazing episode of the podcast. I'm Spencer Gallo of Gallo Fitness, the host of the Fit Father podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so that we can get the message out to all the other dads in the world. I hope everybody has an amazing day.